Welcome back. Welcome back. Masoto lobo sokobo lobo sokobo siya. Lado soto koboya. Oh, glory, 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 glory. So we are saying that tongues plus interpretation equal to prophecy. Tongues plus interpretation equal to prophecy. Uh, and, and so you can prophesy to yourself. This is... This is what's happening while you're praying. You can know the mind of God and speak the mind of God concerning your ministry, concerning the work he has given you to do, you know. And, and this, this is so edifying, so edifying. It's so life-changing. Imagine, many times people are waiting for someone to prophesy to them. They're waiting for someone to tell them that says the Lord. But you can, you can get that. You can get that as you pray. You can actually get that. As you pray in tongues. See, are you aware that tongues were given to us to be a two-way channel? Are you aware of that? They were given to us to help us express our hearts before the Father. And they were also given to us to receive God's response. God actually designed that he was going to speak to us through tongues. Are you aware of that? The book of Isaiah. Let's go to Isaiah. Oh, glory, 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 glory. And that is why you find so many Christians who don't know the word of God. They speak against these things. When you when you know the word of God, you can never speak against tongues. Isaiah chapter twenty-eight. The book of Isaiah chapter twenty-eight. So everyone who speaks in tongues is supposed to hear God. That's how God planned it. You cannot say I don't know how to hear the voice of God. Of course, in this class, I'm not teaching you. Uh, the various ways God speaks to us and how to position ourselves for that. But the basic, this is the basics. It is You start by speaking in tongues. You can see visions when you speak in tongues. That's what happens to me. When I speak in tongues, I see visions. When I speak in tongues, I hear sometimes an audible voice. Sometimes I, I, a lot of revelations come. I can get words of knowledge. There's nothing I cannot get when I speak in tongues. Now, Isaiah 28 From verse 9, Isaiah 28 from verse 9, says, Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. All right. So he, he tells you that there is some level of growth that you should have attained. Did you see that? For you to be directly taught by the Lord, there is some level of growth you should have attained. For him to teach you. That is why you begin with the written word. He said, whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are waned 
from the milk and drawn from the breast meaning that you have you have gone past receiving milk the spiritual milk now you can handle it okay let me give you a practical example the way my son is always i can't sit him, sit him down and start talking to him about business and start asking him so son what do you think you know i'm starting up this new business what do you think he's too young for that but I, we're gonna talk i'll tell him i love you i'll tell him i care about you that's all we'll talk about that's all you will hear from me you see but for him to get knowledge for him to learn doctrine he must have reached a certain level you see so uh, if if somebody is saying they want to be able to hear the voice of god and and follow the voice of god and they want to do that quick you must grow in the word of god that's where we start you grow in the word of god you establish yourself in the word of god you must be hungry in the, in the word we'll go back to uh, isaiah 28 let's go to first peter first peter chapter 2 first peter chapter 2 verse 2 first peter chapter 2 verse 2 he says as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby as newborn babies desire desire the sincere milk of the word of god that you may grow thereby all right so it tells you that there is the milk of the word of god there is the milk that's where you start the book of hebrews let's go to hebrews now chapter 5 and, and you know sometimes it's difficult to tell whether you are at the milk stage or you have gone to the meat stage the 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 question is can you teach what you have learned if you if you can't teach what you have learned you're still at the milk stage if you can't teach others the fundamentals of christianity you're still at the milk stage so hebrews chapter 5 Look at verse 11. To get it in context, let's start it somewhere from verse, from verse 10. It says, Court of God and high priest after the order of Melchizedek. Of whom? That means of Melchizedek. He says, we have many things to say and had to be uttered, seeing ye are thou of hearing. So it tells them, we have so many things to tell you about Melchizedek, but you are thou of hearing, not physical hearing. He's dealing with spiritual hearing. He's telling them that your spiritual ears have not been developed. You are thou of hearing. Look at verse 12. He says, for when for the time, meaning by this time, that's what it means, you ought to be teachers. Are you seeing that the connection between spiritual growth and teaching? he says by this time you ought to be teachers he says you have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of god and have become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat meaning that those who are who are dealing with strong meat are able to teach others and beyond teaching others their spiritual senses have been developed the same way you have physical senses you also have spiritual senses you have the sense of 
of sight, spiritual sight. You have the sense of taste, spiritual taste. You know, uh, <laughs> when you are a baby in the things of God, all you are getting is milk, and milk tastes all the same. But when you grow up, you begin to test the different flavors of the Word of God, the different tests of the Word of God. <laughs> Sometimes it's difficult to describe some of these things. You begin to taste the, the, the spices. <laughs> you know, the Word of God has spicing. You know, the, it's seasoned in different ways. And you can test, like literally test with your spiritual test banks. Okay, and then you also have uh, spiritual uh, hearing. You can hear, you can hear spirits. You can hear in the spirit. And then you can also uh, touch and smell. Are you aware that you can smell? You can smell God's presence. You can smell. Angels have different aromas. Different angels have different aromas. Different smells. Devils too have different smells. You can smell, but not many Christians have all these things developed. So look at verse 13. It says, For everyone that uses milk is what? Unskillful in the word of righteousness. That's it. He's unskillful. That means this man, when you say someone has skill, like in, in our ministry, we have people who play drums, people who play keyboard, and we say they are skillful. How do they become skillful? Through practice, right? They have to practice playing drums to become skillful. In the same way, you have to practice using the word of righteousness, using God's word, practice working the word for you to become skillful in the word of righteousness. So it says the one who is using milk is unskillful. That's why he's a baby Christian. He's not a baby Christian because he was born again yesterday. He's a baby Christian because he has not developed skill, practice, practicing the word of Rash, putting God's word to work. He has not done that. His spiritual muscles are undeveloped. Hallelujah. His spiritual muscles are undeveloped. So he, he cannot function spiritually. So, so he says, for everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. <laughs> Verse 14. But strong meat... Man, toko boy. But strong meat belongeth to them who are of full age. Even those who by reason of use, see how they have grown to strong meat? Reason of use, meaning because of their exercise, because of their skill, the skill that has developed through exercise, reason of use. It says, even those who by reason of use have their senses. Have you seen that? They have their senses. What senses? Spiritual senses. They have their senses uh, exercised to discern both good and evil. Those are spiritual senses. So he says these people who have exercised their senses are able to tell the difference between good and evil. They can actually see good in the spirit. They can see evil. They can see angels. They can see... Uh... Now, this is not to mean everyone who sees in the spirit is matured. Because there is seeing in the spirit that is a result of spiritual growth. And then there is seeing in the spirit that is a result of the gift of the spirit. Don't, don't, don't um, uh, mistake in these two. There is the seeing in the spirit that is a result. You see, it's a result of growth. You have grown so you can see, you know. You can see different things. You can hear, all right. So... <laughs> What we're talking about is prayer and the minister. 
So we are learning that in prayer, we can understand the will of God. We can receive the counsel of God. Now back to Isaiah. Did I say Isaiah? Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 3. So you, if, if you don't grow in the word of God, it will take a long time for you to get deeper things of the spirit. It will take a long time. So you need to start exercising. What you do is, are you aware that every time you hear the word of God and put it to work, you are developing your spiritual senses? And then if you hear the word of God and then it takes you five days to put the word of God, put the word of God to work, your spiritual senses are going to be dull. They will be dull. Mm-hmm. And then you find it difficult to, to listen to the Spirit of God. When you receive an instruction, you act on it promptly. That's what you do. That way, your spiritual senses will be sharpened. So your accuracy in uh, seeing, hearing, and all these spiritual senses, your accuracy is determined by how fast and, and quickly you respond to the Word of God and to the instructions that you receive. That's worth noting. So when you hear God's word, you act on it. Don't even wait for the service to end. Act on it immediately. If, for example, the pastor is ministering and then he says, you are blessed. You act. You say, I'm blessed. Under your voice, you say, I'm blessed. You even speak in tongues. I am blessed. You are teaching your spirit to respond. That's what you are doing. You are teaching your spirit to respond. And that way, your spirit will be able to receive easily from the spirit of God. Because that word is coming from the spirit of God. So you are responding. And then you learn to say amen. You learn to say hallelujah. I'll never forget when God was teaching me how to hear his voice. He told me, shout hallelujah. I had to shout. <laughs> what was he teaching me? To respond. He was teaching me to respond. And then he, he started giving me instructions. I remember one time I was in a certain church. We were praying. All of a sudden I heard a voice telling me, put off your shoes. I said, Lord, is that you? He said, yes, put off your shoes. I said, why is he telling me to put off my shoes? I acted quickly. I put off my shoes. Then he said, kneel down. I knelt down. As I was busy thinking in my heart, what would these people think about me? That I'm putting off my shoes and kneeling down. What is this? But, and then he told me after some minutes, he said, you can wear them now and get up. I got up. And then I think it should be the following day or two days later, I was just at home praying and meditating on the word of God. He told me, get up. I want you to go to this place. I went there. When I go to that place, I didn't find anything. I said, Lord, why have you brought me here? He said, now you can go back home. I went back home. What was he doing? He was teaching me how to respond. How to respond. And the more you respond, the easier you respond, the easier the revelations will come to you. You see, God really prizes his revelations. He prizes his word. He prizes these things. You want to know what the future holds. You need to act on what he has told you. When you read the scripture, it tells you to do something. Do it. Do it. You see, do it immediately. Do it. Do it. For example, imagine at this time, uh, after class, imagine you're reading a scripture. It tells you, go into all the world and preach the gospel. And then it's 22 or 23, it's, it's, it's uh, 11 p.m. What do you do? Preach the gospel. Go to some people's inboxes on social media and start sharing the word of God. Uh, that way your spirit is being trained to respond to the spirit of God. Your spirit is being trained. Now look at 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 1. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto carnal even as unto babes in Christ. I want you to notice that he says those who are babes are carnal. 
They are not spiritual. And then you see, hearing God is a spiritual thing. Uh, seeing is a spiritual thing. Seeing in the spirit is a spiritual thing. So it tells you the ones who are babes, it tells you that they, they are carnal. They are not spiritual. And then in verse, when we go to, before we go to that verse, let's read verse 2. He says, I have fed you with milk and not with meat. Have you seen that? It's repeated. It shows you what he's dealing with. He said, I have fed you with milk. And milk is not to be abandoned. There's nothing wrong with milk. Just don't stay on that level for a long time. Milk is there to help develop your teeth, you see. And that's what you do in your studying with the Word of God. Your, your teeth are being developed. You can chew some big stuff. You can chew some big stuff. But then if you don't do that, you will not have teeth. Even if you cry for meat, you won't manage. You won't handle it. So Paul tells them, look at verse, verse 2, I have fed you with milk, not with meat, for hitherto you were not able to bear it. Are you seeing that? It tells them that you could not handle what I wanted to share because they had not developed their teeth. You wanted to give them meat. Hmm? A lot of you, you, you know my son, my wonderful son, so I love him so much. I, I can't feed him chicken as sweet as chicken is, as nice and tasty as chicken is. I can't feed him. He cannot handle it. What he can handle now is milk. That's what he can handle, you see? And then I give him milk until his teeth are developed enough to handle it. So you find that you're praying, you're praying, all you are seeing is light. Those are the visions you have. You only see light. You only see what? Now, remember, I told you, praise God. You, you remember what I told you earlier, that there are people, uh, Dickness, Janet, I keep turning your, your microphone on because of the noise that is in your background. I keep turning it off, rather. So please just keep it off for me. Just keep that mic off. Okay. So we, 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 we were talking about... Um, the things that you're able to receive. You know, you find that you're only seeing light, you're only seeing when you hear from God, you don't you don't get much, you don't hear much, and then you, you're wondering what is the problem? What is the problem? And I'm telling you that what you need to do is grow in the Word of God. Back to Isaiah chapter 28. Back to Isaiah chapter 28. And then I was saying that there are people who are flowing in the Spirit, you know, they're able to hear, they're able to see, and that's because they are functioning by a gift, you see. And, and then, but you look at their spiritual growth, they have not grown, but they're able to prophesy deeply. That's because they're functioning by a gift. I'm not talking about prophesying and seeing by a gift, I'm talking about by growth. It's natural for every child of God to see in the spirit, to hear in the spirit, to taste in the spirit, to smell in the spirit, to know in the spirit is natural. Back to Isaiah 28. Isaiah 28. Glory, 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 glory. Let's go back to Isaiah chapter 28. And we are going to read that scripture we read again. Isaiah 28 and verse 9. Look at verse 9. 
Manto Koboya. I know you are getting so blessed. I know you are getting so blessed. Oh, glory to his name forevermore. Praise God. Praise God. Oh, glory. Thank you, Holy Spirit. So, Isaiah 28 verse 9 he says whom shall he teach knowledge whom shall he teach knowledge says whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine whom shall he teach knowledge and whom shall he make to understand doctrine he says them that are weaned from the milk hallelujah them that are wind from the meekness, Janet, please help me. Your mic is making noise. You can just mute it, turn it off, or be in a quiet environment. Thank you. I don't know if she's able to hear me because it keeps going off and on. Someone get in touch with her for me. Just give her a call and and let her know her mic is disturbing. She can just turn it off and just listen. There is so much noise in the background. Thank you. It's, it's off now. Beautiful. So, when Isaiah 28 verse 9 is back on. Isaiah 28 verse 9. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? He says, Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breasts. He says, Them that are weaned from the milk. Them that are weaned from the milk. These are the people that he would teach knowledge. And then as a minister, you, you want to grow in revelation. He tells you, you have to grow in the word of God. Now, we have studied this, so let's go to the next thing. He says, for precept must be upon precept. Precept must be upon precept. Precept upon precept. Line upon line. Line upon line. A little here, a little and there a little. So he says he's going to show you line upon line. Revelation, you know, you'll be able to see stuff. Now he goes on in verse 11, which is the main reason why we came to Isaiah 28. He says, for with stammering lips... Stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to these people. Have you seen that? He said he was going to speak to the people of God with stammering lips. What does he mean, stammering lips? He means tongues. That's what he's dealing with. With stammering lips mm -hmm. and another tongue will he speak to these people. To whom he said, this is the rest. What is the rest? They're speaking in tongues. This is the rest. And he says, wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is a refreshing, yet they will not hear. Now, how do I know that this scripture is talking about tongues? How do I know? Because uh, Paul talked about it. Paul talked about this scripture. So we go to 1 Corinthians. Let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 14. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. And then he tells us in...
we're going to read verse 21. Paul was talking about tongues in the entire chapter 14 of 1 Corinthians. Verse 21, he says, In the law it is written, With men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto these people. Yet for all that they, but yet for all that will they not hear me, says the Lord. Wherefore tongues are for a sign. So you see that he's talking about tongues. So he said God will speak to you through tongues. So when I say that the minister must be prayerful, you pray a lot in tongues. And then when you're praying in tongues, don't let your mind wander off. Don't let your mind give him your mind, give him your emotions, give him your all. Pay attention, receive interpretation. He will speak to you through tongues. You see, he will speak to you. He will speak to you. Oh, glory to his name. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for giving me interpretation. You see, that's what you do. You just thank him for that interpretation, and it comes to you. It comes to you. You know, as I was speaking in the tongue that just spoke, I kept hearing him saying, the mystery that you have unveiled to them is a mystery to mysteries. He kept saying that as they put this to work, they will have access to even greater revelations. Now, that brings the scripture to mind. We're in 1 Corinthians 14. Has it, has it, uh, have you ever thought about why Paul had more revelations than all the other apostles, even more than John and more than Peter, why he had more revelations than all these, than all these, than all these great apostles who even walked with Jesus, they saw him. Have you ever wondered why? I know you say it's by the grace of God, but how was he able to put that grace to work? How many books did Peter write? Two, first Peter and second Peter. How about John? John wrote at least five, right? The book of John, first John, second John, third John, and the book of Revelation. What about Bartholomew? We don't have anything from him. Nathaniel, you know, uh, all these guys. How come Paul was able to write so much? It means he was able to receive so much. All right? For you to be able to write and write what God has shown you, it means that you are able to receive so much. What made him so receptive to the revelations of God? The same First Corinthians 14. Look at verse 18. He says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Oh, glory to his name. He says, I thank my God, I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, <laughs> You look at the church, he's busy saying he speaks in tongues more than they all. This was a church that they came to church speaking in tongues. Others were even preaching in tongues. Read the entire chapter. He will show you that. So Paul had to tell them, don't do things that way. If there's no one to interpret, shut up. Speak to your God. Speak in tongues to God. And Paul says, I speak in tongues more than they all. The, the Corinthian church was a tongue-talking church. Ushers were ushering in tongues. You know, they were greeting visitors and, and the people were coming in, you know, barikuzu vrakado, you know, that is to say you're welcome. And they would do all those things. But Paul says, I speak in tongues more than you. That means that he really spent quality time speaking in tongues. He spent quality time 
and that's that what that's what made him receptive to the revelations of the spirit you study what paul wrote i mean you can't you can't help but wonder what manner of man this one is you can't help but wonder the grace of god at work in his life so as a minister you must learn to speak in tongues learn to speak and when i say speak in tongues i don't just mean ba 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 not those kinds not those kinds you need to speak with your all you know you put your energy you put your heart in it your mind in it you see when you speak tongues in a casual way you get casual results if you want to 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 really speak and have impact and see impact you must speak with all your with your all. you must put your all in it and and you will see he said he will speak to you through tongues he'll speak to you about the people you are leading he'll speak to you about the people that are coming wouldn't it be amazing to know who is going to attend your service before they even come? Wouldn't it be amazing to know what the future holds? To know what tomorrow is going to be like? How it's going to be like? You can access all such through tongues. Are you aware that in the realm of the spirit, um, tomorrow is not tomorrow? That in the realm of the spirit, tomorrow is today? In the realm of the spirit, you, you, you have stepped out of time. You have stepped into eternity. And in eternity, everything is now. <laughs> so you, you, as you function in the spirit, you can hear things concerning 10 years from now. You can see things concerning 50 years from now. Because you have stepped out of time into eternity. You can see things concerning the past. You can see things concerning the future. You can. And that's also amazing that's so interesting so in 10 minutes my my uh, the meeting is going to cut we're going to come back for our last session we're going to come back for the last session so you must speak in tongues before every meeting you must speak in tongues you must pray vigorously in tongues speaking in tongues will embolden you look at verse the same first corinthians chapter 14 Look at verse 4. It says, He that speaketh in, in a known tongue edifieth himself. That word edifies from the Greek oikodomio. It means to embolden, meaning to give boldness. Meaning that when you speak in tongues, you are given boldness. You are given boldness. There are times when you want to preach, you want to go out for evangelism, and it's hard to, to talk to people because you, you feel shy, you feel afraid. But when you speak in tongues, your fears will vanish, your shyness will vanish. You know, you you receive the boldness of the Spirit of God. See, speaking in tongues also stirs up the ability of God's Spirit within you. It stirs up that ability, stirs up grace. You know, stirring is a very key word. Stirring is a very key word, very important. Because you are imagining a cup, imagine a cup of tea, and then you test it, you say, ah, there is no sugar. And then they ask you, have you stared it? Say, oh no, let me stare it. Then you get to stare it, you find that there is sugar. So there are times when you may feel weak, you may feel, it doesn't mean you don't have power inside you. It does not mean that you don't have grace inside you. It just means that that power is dormant, that grace is dormant. So you need to stare it up. You need to stare it up. And, and uh, this man in the Old Testament, uh, what's his name, Samson, Samson knew how to make the ability of God that was at work in his life 
to manifest. He knew how to make it manifest. And the Bible tells us that he would shake himself. Why was he shaking himself? It was a way of, of staring himself. It was a way of staring himself. I want us to read it. Let's go to the book of Judges. Let's go to the book of Judges now. Oh, glory to his name. Oh, the book of Judges. We're going to read Judges chapter 16 and verse 20. Judges 16 and verse 20. Judges chapter 16 and verse 20. Look at what he says. This is Delilah now. Delilah has cut off Samson's hair. That was a secret to his power, you know, his consecration. He was cut off. And then she says to him, now verse 6, verse 20. And she said, the Philistines be upon this Samson. Look at what Samson did. And he awoke out of his sleep and said, I will go out as at other times. Have you seen that? As at other times. Meaning this was not the first time he was doing this. He said, I will go out as at other times and shake myself. The Bible says, and he wished not that the Lord was departed from him. In other words, he did not know that God had left him. Why was he going to shake himself? He was going to shake himself because his experience was that whenever he shook himself, the power of God manifested on him and he was able to do the exploits that he did. So he said, I'm going to shake myself as at other times. He had learned a secret. Samson never spoke in dance, but then he had learned that he could shake himself and the power of God would manifest. Now in the New Testament, we don't get to shake ourselves physically for the power to manifest. We shake ourselves through speaking in tongues through speaking in tongues. And, and, and that means that we are held responsible for that manifestation. We speak in tongues. The power of God will manifest. We speak in tongues. That's, that's what I do. That's what I do. When I know that I'm going to be ministering to there will be sick people involved and miracles who need to manifest, I speak in tongues. I shake myself. That's what I do. I shake myself. When I stand there, Oh, I can I can feel that there is a hand within my hand. There is a leg within my leg. You know, when I'm moving, it's not me that is moving. I could I can literally feel why the one who is inside me. The Bible says, "Let God arise, and His enemies shall be scattered." That also explains why sick people get healed while ministering, because the Lord has arisen. How? Through speaking in tongues, through speaking in tongues. Let's go back to the New Testament, and this session is going to end. The New Testament. Uh, 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 glory to his name. Second Timothy chapter 1. Very quickly now. Second Timothy chapter 1. And we're going to read... Second Timothy chapter 1, we're going to read verse 6, all right? He says, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance, look at that, that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. Have you seen that? It tells you to stir up the gift of God which is in, in, in you. So that gift is inside you. The gift is in you, but it's dormant. The gift is not working. The gift is not manifesting. 
and, and sometimes people say, I used to prophesy, I no longer prophesy. What happened? The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance, brother. That gift is inside you. All you need to do is to steer yourself. It will manifest. Steer yourself. So he says, steer up. Timothy, I want you to remember. He's writing to Timothy. Timothy was a man of God. He's telling Timothy, steer up the gift of God that is in you. You received that gift through the laying on of my hands. I imparted it to you. Now put it to work. Steer up that grace. Steer up. You see. But if you just wake up and say, I'm going to have a meeting, I'm going to have a meeting, people will be blessed, and then you just minister. They may be blessed, but not to the level they would have been blessed had you prayed. You learn to steer yourself up. Hallelujah now. You speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues, I said it gives you boldness. I say it steers the gift of God that is in you. Steers it to manifestation. And then thirdly, speaking in tongues, you know, it, it, it makes you more receptive to the things of the Spirit. And we discussed about that. We discussed about that. It, it's, it makes you receptive, more receptive to the Spirit of God, more sensitive to the Spirit of God. It increases your sensitivity. Haven't you noticed that every time there is a mass impartation, you know, pastor is releasing a grace, take it, you would notice that most of the people who fall under the power, most of the people who receive whatever is being communicated are people who speak in tongues. That is because speaking in tongues makes them receptive. The others are wondering what's going on. What's going on? Because they don't speak in tongues. It makes you receptive. Every member of the church must speak in tongues. That will make them more receptive to the word of God. The word of God will become sweet to them. It will become sweet to them. Hallelujah now. Oh, glory to his name. Thank you, Holy Spirit of God.